Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. The Daily Dollop podcast is proudly brought to you by The Capital Chemist, Australia's premium community pharmacy where loyalty matters. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting to pharmacist Elise Apolloni all about prescription medications to treat mental health problems. Here's the final part. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I actually have one of my guests back on the show. I'm really excited to have Elise Apolloni back. She's a friend of the show now. And today I'm chatting to Elise all about mental health medications. So of the sort of key medications, I'm sure there's a range of side effects, but what are the most common side effects that people could expect when they start to take or continue to take these medications? Because there's so many different classes and they work on different neurotransmitters, there are a whole host, like you said, of different side effects depending on the type of medication. A fairly universal one is often nausea, a bit of gut upset, um, depending on the type of medicine that can err more towards constipation or diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, headaches, for example. Then there's sort of more specific symptoms. So for, for example, for some people, they feel really tired when they start a medication or that may be a benefit of the medication that it makes you feel tired and might help you sleep. And then there's other medications that can almost keep you awake, like have almost an insomnia effect, which again can be helpful if people find that they, you know, are very tired for a big proportion of the day. So they're the, I suppose, sort of the general common ones. But whenever you start a new medication, your pharmacist should be giving you an information leaflet about it. And that will then go into more of the specific side effects specific to that medicine. Worth noting that in the majority of cases, the side effects are relatively uncommon. So sort of less than, you know, one in 10 people will have a particular side effect or even often rarer than that. Um, But they have to list everything that's ever happened to people that have taken that medicine. And you want to be informed just in case there is something more unique that's happening so that you know if it's that medication or there's something else. So Mm. yeah, it's it's a bit variable, but yeah, it's that sort of gut headache kind of thing that are usually the most common side effects. Yeah. Well, I've definitely heard my dietitians talk about, you know, different sort of professional development they've done where they've just learned about the effect of different antidepressants that have on the gut motility and, and how the gut works and functions and then that sort of helping them with their clients. And that doesn't surprise me considering, you know, the fact that we can feel really stressed and then need to go to the toilet or... Um, this is a full overshare, but when I travel, I don't go to the toilet just because of some sort of stress in my brain or something. So that makes sense to me. If someone's experiencing a really uncomfortable side effect, like maybe it's really bad nausea or their gut upset is, you know, feeling like it's really affecting their day to day. Is this something that will typically pass or, you know, as the longer they stay on the medication or, or did the side effects sort of stay a while? It can depend on the person. So for some people, it, they'll just start a medication. It will just be for the first few days and then 
often it will resolve. But there are a proportion of people that it won't matter how many days they take it, those side effects won't necessarily improve. Mm. And so that's when setting the expectation around the fact that you don't need to put up with that in the longer term because there's so many other choices that it's worth having a chat to the GP at that point in time to have that reviewed. The whole point of these medicines is to improve your quality of life and to feel a bit better and to take some of that burden away. We don't want to be adding to the burden by, you know, giving you side effects that are just going to make you more uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I want to chat about the effect or the reported effect of these medications on people's weight and appetite. Certainly when I've worked with clients one-on-one and my area of speciality is, is weight management and healthy eating, but definitely in my dietetic team as well, it seems like it's a commonly reported effect that they're feeling like the medication has made them put on weight. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And is there a link between the medication and body weight and appetite? Yeah, so weight gain can certainly be a documented side effect of a lot of antidepressants. Yeah. Not all. And there is research out there around which ones are more likely to cause weight gain than others and that sort of thing. And you can probably talk more to the science behind it in terms of the neurotransmitters and what changes your appetite. But my understanding is that particularly around changes to serotonin, which is one of these neurotransmitters in the brain that some of these medicines have a mode of action around, that that can make people's cravings around carbohydrate, for example, be increased. And so that can mean um, particularly if you're not sort of aware and and you're not sort of very focused on it, um, it can mean that people unintentionally, you know, feel that they're just satisfying themselves to a normal level they would otherwise with their diet, but it may it may result that they're consuming, you know, more energy than they ordinarily would. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm certainly not a dietitian or a nutritionist, but we tend to say to people, be aware, it, it, it may change what you feel like and when mm. you feel like it and how much of it. And if you're noticing that, then that's when we need to enlist people around healthy eating and their speciality to sort of help hopefully offset that that risk associated with the changes in your diet at the time. Yeah, it's a pretty challenging thing to explain to a client because often it can feel like for them that the medication directly affected their weight, particularly if they have low food awareness. And of course, often when you've got lots of things going on in your life and it's a big deal to maybe come onto a new medication as well, just in general, your food awareness is pretty low. It's like low priority. It can, it's hard to make that association. And so, yeah, definitely it's, it's all comes back to energy balance, but the science behind that, the serotonin and the carbs, I've looked at that briefly over my career and it's very fascinating how it all works because mm. also eating carbohydrates increases serotonin, which is why we like them so much. <laughs> that Yummy positive cake. feedback loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I often yeah. when people are like, oh, I can't stop eating carbs, I'm like, that's because they make you feel good. Like there's no Very shame human. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, so really it's about helping the person and helping them understand that they're potentially might be more likely to consume more food than they would normally because these cravings have particularly changed and, and then just having some awareness over that. It's interesting actually from that because we are just in the process in our clinic putting together a mental health care program that's based on improving dietary quality and it's based on the Deacon Uni Smiles trial, 
Have you heard of that study? I have heard of that. I don't know the specifics of it, but I might send it to you. I think you might enjoy it. It's a randomised controlled trial for um, one-on-one dietary intervention with a dietitian that's promoting consumption of a Mediterranean-based style diet. And um, which I feel like you would love with your Italian connections. <laughs> Maybe not the kind of parts of the Mediterranean diet <laughs> topper I've spoken about today. Parmesan cheese. <laughs> cheese topper. 100% those things can fit into a Mediterranean <laughs> diet. I'm sure we can fit them in. Yeah, and they just compare that to talk. I think you mentioned it is that talk therapy. So the control group was just seeing a regular therapist just to chat through at regular interviews like the person who was seeing the dietitian and they saw a significant improvement in um, symptoms of depression and anxiety. It's really um, promising and so it's exciting. We're putting just putting together an education program to just help with diet quality without the pressure of losing weight and diets and all the stuff that social media, it's just about how can we nourish ourselves and um, I think it's such a nice um, combination to then know, you know, if people are getting medications or doing other therapies that, the combination of that, I think, can be a nice thing. Yeah, that's really powerful. And I think, like you said, yeah, there's often other pressures associated with looking at what you eat or what what fuel um, is entering your body. So I really like the idea around all of that, stripping all that away and just Mm. saying, you know, your food, you know, food for some people and, you know, for some people with mental health conditions will be their medicine or for some people it'll be part of their treatment. And so it's important to, you know, have all the right, yeah, all the right information around you so you can, you know, make the best of all the different levers, I suppose, in your life that yeah. can, can make everything a bit easier. Yeah, definitely. So we've talked about this a little bit already about the fact that it's good to to go back to the GP regularly and get your medication reviewed. How often do you suggest that people go and, and have their their medication reviewed for this? When a person is first started on a medication for their mental health, it's a good idea to check in very regularly in the early days with your whole health team. You know, you'll get your medicine from your pharmacist so you can have a chat to them about that. And then your GP will often be checking in frequently as well just to make sure it's working as we hope, that it's meeting your expectations and that it's giving you, you know, improvement in how you were feeling. So it can be quite a lot of review earlier on. And then Mm. once people find a groove, and they've got, you know, they feel like the medication's being, it's helping them. And, you know, there's other stuff happening around potentially at the same time too that is helping to improve their feeling of well-being. Then at that point, you know, people might have slightly less frequent check-ins with their GP maybe every couple of months, but then they're still seeing their pharmacist every month. So there's still that opportunity for regular discussions about how it's going and and then obviously to check in with their GP periodically. Mm. Often people are also on what's called a mental health care plan with their GP at this point as well. And that can be around enlisting the help of other health professionals, you know, like your psych- your psychologist, for example, yeah. to make sure that there's, you know, a good network of people that are all supporting that person to have the best opportunity that they can to to have different resources that they can use. So, so that can often mean that there's, you know, periodic check-ins with the GP as well so that that's all being looked at. So yeah. everyone's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of making the most of your healthcare team. And yeah, yeah, definitely. So independent of psychological support, so different, you know, therapies through a psychologist, does the medication have 
a significant improvement on symptoms all on its own or does it need to be paired with some kind of psychological therapy to be effective? It depends on the person and it can depend on the type of mental health condition. Yeah. So there's some mental health conditions that really do benefit strongly from medication. Yeah. And then there's some mental health conditions that actually respond really well to talking therapy or other lifestyle changes. Yeah. But, you know, you get 100 people and, you know, your statistics and you say, oh, well, usually, you know, most of the time <laughs> talking therapy and, and say some lifestyle changes may help you know, a large proportion of people, but then you'll get people that really don't don't feel benefit from those things or maybe those those things are already in their life and that they are not, you know, they are still experiencing symptoms or, you know, are not seeing the improvement that they would like. Mm. So then medication can still be used. So it's so individualized, it's hard to generally say, but there there are sort of guidelines that doctors you use around which which type of treatment is most likely to help people for different types of conditions that they may be experiencing. So there's research behind it, but it is very individualized yeah. um, to an extent. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Look, I've just got one more question for you. And that is, are there any food or medication interactions that people need to take about or is, you know, should you take it with food or without food? Any sort of advice around that? As a general rule with these medications, they're often taken with food. It's a very general rule, but it's a good idea to just have a chat or, or they're just taken they're not necessarily um, strongly tied to food, whereas some antibiotics, for example, you take it at very intricate intervals from <laughs> yes. food. Um, yep. so, so again, if you're unsure, just ask your pharmacist and they can give you the exact advice around the individual medicine that yeah, you may okay. be taking. Yeah. There, there is one particular interaction in this space, and you'd probably know a lot more about the foods themselves than I would, but that a low tyramine diet, a tyramine is a feature of some foods that I believe are fermented or matured. You probably know a lot more about that than I do. Yeah, I think it's um, an amino. Is it an amino acid? An amino acid. Yeah, yeah I believe so. Um, so <laughs> uh, my brain is like trying yeah, to Yeah, I know. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just got to, <laughs> yeah, scratch. So my understanding is that with a particular type of antidepressants that are used, which to be honest, are less commonly used these days. They're called mono, monoamine oxidase inhibitors, and they have a potential interaction if uh, a tyramine rich diet is, is taken. So that's the main food interaction that I'm aware of. And that's often a discussion that you'll have with your GP yeah. and your pharmacist if, if you are given one of those medications. But yeah, as a general rule, I think people eat what they feel like um, and yeah. hopefully and hopefully their food can also help them you know feel better depending on on how how their how their different bits of their life are coming together um, yep. food may be one of the things that can can make them feel some improvements um, which yep. is nice yeah amazing well Elise thank you so much you are always a wealth of wisdom and information and which is great. So just go and see your local pharmacist if you've ever got any questions and highly recommend the pharmacists at the Capital Chemist Group. I've talked to a number of them now and you guys are all so lovely. I love it. We try. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for, for the amazing chat and congratulations on the really great work that you're doing too with just helping in, equip pharmacists with helping people with their mental health. It's a good thing. And um, thank you so much. 
Thank you for having me again. No worries at all. Well, that's it for the show today. I hope you enjoyed the chat. I will have the links to more about the Capital Chemist and the work that Elise is doing as well in the show notes. Um, If anyone has any more questions around that, otherwise have a great day team and we'll see you in the next episode. A big thank you to the Capital Chemist and the Daily Dollop in crowd for their continued support of our show. We couldn't do this without them. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you love what you're hearing, please leave us a review.